Hey guys, this is Kayla Bowker. If you want to know how to live an empowered life to chase your potential and live a life that makes a positive impact, then listen to the Qualified Podcast with my awesome friend, Ryan Huff. I promise you will not regret it. This is The Qualified. The Qualified. The Qualified. The Qualified. The Qualified with Ryan Huff. What's going on, Qualified family? Hope you're having an amazing day as always. And welcome back to The Qualified, where the ultimate goal is to empower you to chase your potential and live a life that makes a positive impact. Dude, I hope you've been having an amazing week. And uh, there's, a meme, <laughs> there's a meme that I got to share with you guys first. It's uh, one that I saw earlier this week. I just posted on my story today. It says, uh, when July arrives in 2020, actually turns out to be great. And then it has a picture of a, of a gentleman in a, uh, what looks like a football uniform. He says, you know, they had us in the first half, not going to lie. <laughs> so, you know what, dude? I feel like that's exactly how 2020 is going to end up ultimately playing out is, you know, we're going to have, you know, we had like not the greatest start to the year, but that doesn't rule out the possibility that the remainder of the year can still be amazing. You know, I've been referring to 2020 as the year of massive growth and doing things on a consistent basis to ensure that that happens. And I just encourage you to do the same thing. You know, whether that's, you know, whether that's with your business, maybe it's in your personal life, maybe it's in your relationships, financial, whatever it is for you, be looking for the opportunity to grow in this time. Be looking for the things that you can do to move your life forward. Because here's the thing, just like Andy Frisella talks about, like I've said multiple times in this show in the, in the episodes past, seeing adversity, sorry, seeing opportunity in adversity isn't a skill, it's a choice. And that choice relies on you. So I just encourage you to go forward through this with a possibility mindset. Think about all the possibilities that can come out of this. Think about, you know, keeping your mindset great, keeping your attitude great. Because a great attitude has value at the end of the day. A great attitude makes the great things even better. And a great attitude makes the bad things even better. On the flip side, a bad attitude makes the worst things even worse, and it makes great things even worse as well. So let's encourage you. Keep your attitude great. Keep moving forward. Look for the opportunity, and let's get through this together. Y'all, welcome to The Qualified. My name is Ryan Huff. I'm your host. Thank you so much for listening. This is episode number 91. If you are new to The Qualified, first of all, dude, thank you so much for listening, And because I know you have so many other podcasts that are out there that are amazing as well. But I just thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this one. The reason that this podcast is called The Qualified is because I believe we are all qualified to make a difference in the world we live in, right? However, there's a massive difference between having potential and actually going out there and doing something with it, right? That's why in this show, we'll discuss topics, ideas, strategies, things I've done in my life, as well as things of inspiring guests that they've done in theirs that have helped to make a change. And y'all, my hope... And ultimately, it's something that I I really would li- would love for you for you to do after you know you hear something that's inspirational, whether it's on this podcast or sorry this episode or another any other episodes that we do, or even other podcasts you listen to, not just mine, any other amazing ones you listen to, not just my amazing one more so. <laughs> they gotta have confidence in yourself, right? Um, that you would use it, man. Like whether that's a book you read or a podcast you listen to or a movie you see or whatever it is, something that inspires you to do something positive in your life, to move your life forward, I encourage you to do it. And not just be someone that, you know, just listens to it and then ultimately doesn't take action. But dude, I've been there, right? I've been there where, you know, I've listened to a podcast or read a book or whatever have you and then find myself several weeks later not having done anything with it. So I just encourage you, don't be a listener only of the words that you hear today. 
be a doer of them as well, right? To go out there and take action with it as well. And guys, this podcast is absolutely free. We do not run ads in this show. However, there are three main ways that you can support us that will help us make more of a difference together. Number one is telling someone about it. Whenever you get value out of this episode or any other episode you listen to of ours, let someone else know that you got value out of it. Whether that's a friend, a coworker, maybe it's an Uber driver, maybe it's just you know sending a text real quick and putting it out, putting it out there, or taking an Instagram story, put it on putting Instagram with an Instagram video. Would love to repost those and letting us know what the value you got out of it as well. That would be amazing. Second way is kind of three ways in one really, but it's subscribing so that way you know when when the you know new episodes become available. Leaving a five star review and leaving a fi- leaving a written review in addition to that five star review as well cuz a written review letting us know exactly the benefits you've gotten out of this like how this how has this changed your life how has this motivated you how has this improved your life in what way right and how have you ultimately been impacted by this in a positive way we'd we'll love to know that so that's the second way third way is through Qualified Apparel. So Qualified Apparel is the positive impact brand that I started that feeds families in America through selling apparel. And in fact, every one item purchase provides 20 meals for families in America, except now because of our difference-making campaign via, because of our difference-making campaign in response to COVID-19, we've doubled the impact, right? So instead of 20 meals provided for families in America via our Giving to Feeding America, we're now providing 40 meals instead. So we've doubled the impact, doubled the giving in order to help more Americans that need the support right now. So ultimately, that's a great one of the best ways as well to you know to help us change lives, give happiness, and make a difference together. So I encourage you to get involved one way or the other. You know, telling someone about it, getting subscribing, leaving a review, or supporting us through Qualified Apparel as well, and changing lives that way. Whichever you want to do, provided you do one of them with every single time, I'd appreciate it, and that would help us do even more together. Y'all, let's get into this today. I have my friend Kayla Bowker on today, y'all, and I am super excited. Uh, to share this interview with you guys, uh, she is in a, a world number one, a world, an amazing person as well. Um, she has an amazing personality. She's a triathlon coach, endurance coach. She's a wife, a mother, a new mother as well, and she is a world class triathlete as well. And you know, I really, really enjoy this conversation that she and I shared. We go over several different topics. Um, that I know will help you guys as well. Like learning from your failures, enjoying the process, living in the present. Um, you know, this like the title of this of this episode is consistency over sexiness and standing up for yourself. We're gonna go into that. We're gonna go into her biggest challenge in life as well, and recent challenge I should say as well. And so it's it's really it was a really great episode. And I, I'm confident to help you learn. And I'm confident to help you grow and uh, ultimately move your life forward in a positive way. So without further ado. Here is my conversation with Miss Kayla Bowker. Enjoy. All right, guys, welcome back to The Qualified. I am, I say it every time, but you know exactly how the reaction always goes, guys. I am elated for today's guest as well. She is a friend of mine um, that we met through Instagram, but connected in person recently as well. One of the most amazing athletes, coaches, and just all around people that I know. I'm elated to have her on The Qualified today. Y'all have the pleasure of presenting Miss Kayla Bowker on The Qualified. What's going on today, girl? Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely, dude. Uh, so 
before we get started, I'm just gonna I, I'm super excited to talk about everything that you're doing, you're working on, the new stuff that's in your life today, new additions and whatnot. Um, but before we do, I'm gonna start with a quick word of prayer, and we're gonna go from there. So, Father God, thank you so much for this amazing day, uh, Lord. I pray that you would bless our conversation today, Lord. That that the people that were listening today would be blessed from it, that they would be empowered by it. And ultimately, Lord, that they would use the things that Kayla and I talk about today to chase their potential and live lives that make positive impacts. In your name I pray, amen. All right. So, Kayla, first of all, tell us about yourself real quick. I know you are in Cancun, Mexico right now. So thank you so much for taking time out of your vacation to do this podcast yeah. with us. But uh, where are you from originally as well? Where are you living at now? Um, you know, what got you started in triathlon? You know, are you married? How many kids? That kind of thing. Just like tell us about yourself as well. Yeah, so well, I kind of wish I lived in Cancun. Be nicer than where I'm living currently, but at least I can get out. At least I can get out of there and escape for a little while. So, um, but I am living in Spokane, Washington. So that's on the eastern side of the Washington State, um, kind of over by Coeur d'Alene. Um, so, so a lot of people oftentimes think, "Oh, Washington State, you live in Seattle," but we actually live on the completely other side of the state. So, uh, kind of Beautiful in the middle of nowhere. Out there, though. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, that's not where I originated from. So I grew up in Hood River, Oregon, which is about 60 miles east of Portland, Oregon, okay. right on the Columbia River. So we we're actually nestled in between um, where my house is located. We we're nestled in between uh, Mount Hood and the Columbia River. So um, kind of within a 20 minute drive, you could be either on the water or you could be up on the mountains. So wow. a really small little town, uh, you know, one high school, that the whole very small town, you know, walk across the street without looking twice. Um, wow. So very small town, grew up, grew up in a small town feel. And then um, I ended up in Spokane because uh, I went to Gonzaga University where I oh, graduated. Really? Yeah. Do so you play basketball there by chance? No, I do not play basketball. My <laughs> anti coordination is like sub-zero. <laughs> <laughs> Which explains why we do what we do, right? Being trapped. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I uh, actually ran track and cross country for them. And then uh, graduated there with my biology degree and then ended up leaving Spokane and just kind of the way everything worked, ended up back in Spokane uh, a year or so later and then met my husband and he's from Spokane. So I ended up never leaving, never actually thought I'd make Spokane where I live, my hometown, but That's it awesome. is, it's home now. So That's it awesome. works. How did you and Brandon end up meeting? Did y'all go to school together at Gonzaga or what? No, we didn't. So Brandon's actually um, about five years older than I am. And um, I met him. I was working at a physical therapy clinic as a physical therapy aide. And he came in for a, he had a back, basically he had a, a blown disc in his back. Mm-hmm. Um, and his insurance required him to get physical therapy before he could get um, an MRI. So he came in to where I was working and we just kind of connected. We actually usually joke that I spent more time, you know, rubbing his butt than actually, you know, <laughs> knowing him. And that's oh, what let, sold let me, it. <laughs> let me get that for you there, pal. Let me, let me massage yeah, exactly, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Giving a little more physical therapy on his, working on his heart than anything else. Yeah, huh? yeah exactly. Um, so that's where I met him. Um, it, he ended up, it took him eight visits to actually ask me out. Um, and so he finally made up some like weird scenario about friends going skiing and they weren't yeah. going. And I ended up bailing on the, the, the date. And so your first date you like, with him, you bailed? 
I officially bailed on that one, and then we ended up going to dinner. Um, <laughs> and then it gets even it's even funnier because so then the our second date was Super Bowl, so actually coming up here in a couple of days, Super oh, Bowl really? Sunday. Yeah. Uh, when the Seahawks played, and he invited me, and I didn't know anybody, and I wasn't gonna go because uh, this would have been completely outside my comfort zone. Wasn't gonna go. My mom talked me into it, and now looking back on it, it's like your mother talked you into going to a strange man's house with strange people like <laughs> this 25 year old girl going yeah so um it's like one of those that. taken things like you know like <laughs> exactly, a, where's Liam exactly. Neeson at yeah yep yep <laughs> and uh so ended up going ended up going and you know the rest is history I basically never left after that so That's awesome and when we got married long? and a year or so later that's awesome. Y'all been married for, for how many years now? Uh, it'll be five years in August. Good for y'all, man. Good for yeah. y'all. And you just had a new edition of little Skylar just recently joined, joined the backer clan. Which he is- did. Yep. On his dad's birthday. He was born November 13th, uh, which is Brandon's birthday. So, so, so his, he and his, he and his dad now have shared the same birthday. That's what are the odds of that? Uh, it gets even weirder. So Brandon, myself, and Skyler all are born on the 13th on a date. So I'm really? April 13th. Both Skylar and Brandon are November 13th. <laughs> my my grandpa is October 13th. And oh. then my mom and her mom were born on the so they, they share a birthday. And then Skylar and Brandon share a birthday. Oh, then yeah. to get even weirder, Brandon's mom went into labor with Brandon after the Seahawks played their biggest rivalry, which I believe, I can't remember who that was at the time, um, and won on Monday Night Football, and she went into labor the next day. I went into labor the next day after the Seahawks won against their basic, basic, biggest rival in Monday Night Football this year. <laughs> it's just, hey, it's just one of those things in the back of, in the back of family, right? Just, Apparently, yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. See, I, I, I take it y'all are big Seahawks fans. Is that right? Brandon is. Yes. Gotcha. So kind of by default you are in a way as well. Yes, know? exactly. That's amazing. I love um, whenever uh, I see you guys out in a race or whatever, I always know where, where, where Brandon is because he's always with that big hat that he wears and he's wearing no shirt. And no so shirt. You yep. always you always know where Brandon is, man. I love it. Exactly. And I swear people are more they're more interested in watching what Brandon has to do when I race than they actually care about me. I get more people like, Hey, is your husband gonna do race updates? We love watching it. It's like, yo, I'm racing, not him. Yo, hey, I'm the I'm the star attraction of this, pal. Right, yeah. Yeah. That's funny. So one of the one of the re- also one of the main reasons that I wanted to have you on. Um, you are an incredible athlete. I mean, that's uh, it's no, there's no, uh, you know, no, um, what's it, surprise there. I mean, anyone who follows you, or people that don't. I mean, we have a young lady here that I just I just realized something um, just before we started recording. Uh, she's only she's been to she's qualified for Kona, which is the Ironman World Championship in Kona, Hawaii. Which give you give you guys some idea for people that might not be familiar with Ironman racing. 
Kona, people that the, the amount of athletes that qualify for Kona is only about 8% of all age group athletes ever end up qualifying. So it's a very, it's a, essentially, we were just talking about the Super Bowl a second ago. It's basically the Super Bowl of the sport. And so if Caleb, you wouldn't mind just telling us like a little more about like, you know, how you got into triathlon and how like, um, you know, your passion for that came because to only be racing four Ironmans that you've ever raced, full, full, full distance Ironmans, I should say, that you ever raced. And two of them are Kona. The other two are just so happy be the races that you qualified at like what got you into the sport how did you become like such an elite athlete and like where did your passion for the race come from yeah so i started triathlon in 2013 yeah i think that's about right 2013 um and honestly i, I started it because so in my family we one of the ways we always kind of cope with things or how we just kind of muddled through life or whatever, you know, all the, whatever was going on was always just kind of learning to push yourself to like that next level. And at the time I was really going through some stuff. I was living in a um, shithole of an apartment. I hated my job. I hated what I was doing with my life. I was going through a really horrible breakup that kind of crushed me and was just really kind of spiraling back into some really low points where I had, you know, no self-respect. I didn't stand up for myself. I didn't have any confidence, just, you know, really not was kind of falling back towards this like feeling where I just had no feeling. I just was just moving through the motions of life and nothing was really doing it for me. Right. Um, and so I decided I wanted to train for a triathlon and do a triathlon. So I signed up for one that was in uh, Spokane. Where did, where, did you hear about, where did you hear about triathlon? I mean, it's kind of a random sport to get involved in. I mean, did you hear about it? Uh, before, my, or? my dad had done some um, a long okay. time ago. And then I actually had, I had done one a really long time ago previously, but this was like years, years, years ago. And I don't even really count it as my first one. Um, so I knew about <laughs> it just because we, I grew up in a very endurance and outdoorsy and crazy like i can tell you some stories about our family crazy family which sure. just did all sorts of crazy stuff um and one of them was that my dad had done a triathlon and i had remembered that and decided i wanted to do one so i popped online and saw that there was an olympic in Coeur d'Alene, and i said okay i'm gonna do it i signed up and taught myself how to swim i did it on my mom's at the time, the only bike that I owned, because um, I, had, I, had, I had no money, I was basically living off of like $50 a week um, wow. after I paid all my bills. Right. And uh, I had my mom's old touring bike, which she used when her and my dad toured Europe on bikes oh, wow. before I was born. So they would spend their, their summers in Europe touring on their bikes from uh, like three or four months. Oh, wow. And um, so this bike was older than me, heavier than me. <laughs> um, it had crotch rocket gears. Oh, man. Basket cages for um, pedals. And it still had the metal rack on the back where you put your panniers for, you know, luggage for touring. Wow. Um, is a perfect bike a, for triathlon. Yeah, exactly. So I didn't, own, I didn't own a wetsuit. I didn't own a watch. I owned a helmet that my dog had chewed up back when I was in high school. <laughs> um, I used a blender bottle for a water bottle. Oh man. Um, and I just trained myself for it and I showed up by myself. I didn't have anyone there with me. I, I loaded my bike up in my car that morning and headed out and popped into the water and I didn't even own bike shorts at the time. I just 
did it in shorts and a sports bra. And I just remember in the middle of that bike course, as I was passing people and everyone being like, who is this person? Like, get yourself on a real bike. I'm pretty sure a couple (laughs) people said that to me. I just had this crazy grin on my face because for the first time in quite some time, I was doing something for me and there was wow. this, this, this energy and this passion and this, this feeling. I felt something again for the first time in a really long time. Um, and that feeling wasn't anger because I had been just living off of this anger that was just building inside of me from, you know, everything that was going on. And it was very like a weight came off of my shoulders and I had the stupidest grin on my face and love, you know, just knew that there was just something inside of me that knew that this is what I was supposed to be doing. Right. Um, I ended up taking second, um, overall and qualifying for the age group nationals. Good for you. And, um, like was hooked. I immediately went and signed up for another race. I went and did another race in, um, Portland, like, two months, a month or so later, where once again, I borrowed a bike, I borrowed my mom's bike, I learned how to use clip-ins the night before I rode, did this ride, I didn't have a wetsuit, like still. You learned how to do clip-ins the day before the race? Yes. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Good for you, wow. And ended up again, you know, uh, taking second in my age group, um, and third overall, and just asked for a bike for Christmas and it kind of just went from there and I just found this amazing love for the sport and it just, it kind of kept spiraling through there and I realized I was actually pretty good at it. Um, And here we are, what is this? Let's see. So seven years later and it's, I've turned it into a career and it's, it saved me. It brought me back. It taught me, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been receptive to, if it wasn't for that race, I don't think I would have been receptive to actually meeting my husband because after that race, I, I finally started standing up for myself. I, I left the guy that was treating me like kind of crap and just using wow. me. And I said, you know, if you're not, you're not going to treat me the way I want to be treated, then I don't, you don't deserve me. I made new friends. I started looking for a new job. I started just doing things that I wanted to do for a change instead of what I thought other people wanted me to do. And that was really empowering. And what it really made me realize was that, and that's when everything started to change for me. And, you know, previous to that, all I ever thought was, hey, in order for me to change things to change, I need to change my external. I mean, I need to get out of my shitty apartment. I need to make more money. But really, that's not what needed to happen. I just needed to change me. I needed to change what was going on inside of me. And then those other external pieces would change. And they did. Well, because you, you took, take you took, wherever you go, exactly. you know, <laughs> you know, it took, it took me needing to believe in me again, Absolutely. Um, in order for those things to change. You can't change the external unless you change the internal. Amen. Uh, I agree. Cause like, it, it doesn't matter where you go. I remember you'll, you'll laugh at this. So, um, there was, a. Uh, when I did my first um, Ironman branded event, it was to Ironman, tw- um, Ironman Arizona in 2017. And uh, I was, um, I, I had such high expectations of that race. You know, I was wanting to go out and, you know, just I went, I was going to have a great run. I was going to have a great bike, swim, whatever. And I get off the bike feeling good. And I get to like mile uh, eight or nine of the run, had to start walking. And around like mile 19 or 20, 
I literally thought about dropping out of the race, thought about returning all the all the uh, all the um, stuff I'd bought from the Ironman Village, selling everything I had, and moving to Australia. (laughs) And uh, but like the thing was like, but that comes back to your point. It's like if you have an issue that you have, like doesn't matter where you go, you're gonna bring you with you. You know. Um, I think one thing that was awesome that I want to touch on that you, that you can kind of drive by on was this amazing. It's like you didn't care about being sexy at first, if you will. I mean, you talked about having a bike with cages on a bike that weighed more than you, a bike that had a basket on it, a bike that had, you know, all these kind of things. You went and you wouldn't like regular shorts to do the swim. You had a sports bra on, right? Like you didn't even have a wetsuit or anything like that. But you didn't care. Oh, the main no. thing was that you just had to start. And that's a huge, like, you know, qualified moment, I think. It's like, you know what? You, you realized that you were able to do this and you just went and did it. And what would happen was that I loved that this whole thing of triathlon really transformed your life, you know? And like, that's especially, it was like, it's like the perfect timing for everything that was going on in your life. That's incredible. So I love that, Kayla. That's incredible. Yeah, I just, I, I knew I needed to make a change and I didn't know what that change was until I was, you know, pretty sure it was like mile 16 of the bike and I realized that, that change was me and right. it didn't, triathlon helped me do that. Right. For someone who's out there who might be in your same kind of shoes, maybe they're frustrated in their life, like angry at a relationship or whatever have you, what, like if it's not triathlon, what's something that they could do to start like, you know, changing their life right now? Do you think, what would you recommend? Honestly, it's just, it's anything, something that excites you. You have to pick something for you. You know, for me, that was triathlon. That was, that was, I picked something. I knew I needed to do something. And for me, the way that I always found, saved myself or, you know, came back from things or, you know, found excitement was through pushing myself to that next limit. And I would thought a triathlon would do that. And so, you know, that's where you have to sit down and you have to say, okay, I know something's wrong. I need to make a change. I have to pick something for me. You can't, you have to learn to do stuff for yourself and not for other people sometimes. And by, and that can be anything that can be just going saying every day, I'm going to go for a walk or I'm going to, I'm going to start volunteering because I know that volunteering gives me passion and, or I'm going to, I'm going to read a book every day because that is my me time. And that, standing up for yourself and doing something where you stand up for you is really empowering. If you make that choice, even if it's only for 30 minutes a day to stand up for yourself, it makes those other things seem way less hard. And it also makes it easier to get through them because you've given yourself some grace. Mm. Yeah. And you're also building self-confidence too. And the more you do stuff for yourself and the more you consistently do them as well, you, yourself, your self-confidence goes up. Therefore, your the value that you perceive yourself as goes up as well. It's a whole trickle-down yep. effect as well. Yep. Yep. It all correlates. Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. So how did that – so once you get done – so you did your first Olympic, and then you do your second race, you know, a couple months after that. What got you into, like, wanting to do, like, semi, like half Ironman distances and then eventually work up to your for, first full Ironman and such? Like, what – where was the inspiration for that? Just, like, a basically just the deeper you got into it, the more you wanted to do more or what? A little bit. Yeah. Just also, I think it's a little bit of that, um, you know, that crazy that I touched on. We always called it the Lloyd family. So Lloyd's my maiden name, the Lloyd family crazy. Um, it's just a little bit of that in there. And I always wanted to see how much more I could handle, you know, how much harder could I push myself? How much further could I take it? How much, how much could I tow that line? Um, and to me it just meant 
doing an Ironman. And so I wanted to do an Ironman and I knew I needed to do one and I wanted to do one. And for me, I knew, okay, to do one, I need to do a couple 70.3s because that's just made sense to me. Right. Um, and I just always wanted, I always wanted more. Um, and so that just, for me, that meant just kept pushing the limit and by pushing the limit, that meant more volume, that meant more training, that meant more racing, bigger races, harder races, just all of the above. Right. What did, um, so for someone who's not familiar with the, um, with the distances of a 70.3 or 140 or a full Ironman, what are, what are the distances of those again? So 70.3 you do, um, it's basically if you take everything and you double it. So if you ever take the distances of a sprint, you double it, you get an Olympic, double one of that, you get a 70.3, double that, you get a full. And so an uh, Ironman or not an Ironman, but a 70.3 distance is a 1.2 mile swim, 56 mile bike and a half marathon run. So 13.1. And then you would double that and you're going to get a full distance. So you're going to get a 2.4 mile swim, a 112 mile bike and a marathon. So 26.2 miles. Right. That's awesome. It's, it's, it's always, it's every time you hear the distances, even though you, you've done it multiple times, even like myself done it multiple times, it's always like, Oh, that's actually a pretty long way. <laughs> yeah. You say it out loud and you're like, wow, I really am a little bit crazy. Right. Right. For sure. <laughs> so, um, after you did, so whenever you did like, we're ch checking in after you've done several, you know, several 70.3s and such, and you're gearing up for your first full Ironman, were you strategic and like, you know, wanting to like qualify for your first race, like qualify for Kona, or were you kind of just doing it just for fun or like, were you strategic in like doing a certain race so that way you had the best opportunity to qualify or what? No. So that was, you know, qualifying for Kona was something that I thought always would be cool, but I didn't really know if that was going to be a possibility. My actually getting to getting myself to my first Ironman was a little bit tough, uh, Oh, really? So I had, um, I had hip surgery in 2015. I had a, uh, did, I had torn my labrum doing, uh, marathons. I had spent the year 2015 year doing marathons. What's just, a labrum? I'm sorry. Uh, it's basically just in your, it's in your left hip. It's like around, it's, it's a kind of some cartilage and a ligament and okay. it's a ligament in your, in your hip that right. surrounds the, uh, socket and huh, okay. when it's torn you are have a lot of instability usually you have a lot of pain and i have a lot of pain um Dang. and so i had spent the year doing marathons for no reason other than the fact that i just love to run and i was doing marathons um and at the beginning of the year i noticed that i so I, and I had fallen i had tripped and fallen at the beginning of the year and started had started having a lot of hip pain um, didn't think much of it. Just thought, Oh, Hey, you know, wh what's going on? You know? So I ended up doing four marathons on a torn hip. Oh, um, yes. And, um, <laughs> finally after the fourth one where I hit mile 10 and I was just in the most excruciating pain and I ended up having to walk the last like 16 miles, wow. walk jog the last 16 miles of the marathon. Um, I went and got an MRI had, and ended up needing to have surgery. So I had surgery December 22nd, 2015, um, signed up for Coeur d'Alene full in 2016, um, got cleared, had surgery, got cleared, started training in February, uh, and then July, June, no, when should I get, July 20, like third or something, four weeks out on one of my last huge training days for Coeur d'Alene, I got hit by a car. Um, really? And 
uh, broke my ankle, had a lot of serious um, soft tissue damage throughout basically my whole left side. Um, and I had to bag out of Coeur d'Alene because wow. um, I was still on crutches four weeks later um, right. for my ankle. And then um, not long after I got hit, I kind of put had this concept, this idea like, well, maybe I could get myself better in time to do Arizona in uh, November. And so my husband signed me up for it, actually, because he thought I needed it. Because I was really struggling, pretty angry after getting hit by the car and having like sure. this dream that I had been working hard for. So was that pretty, the pretty demoralizing after that after that wreck happened and right before your race and such? No, I wouldn't say it was demoralizing, but I had a lot of anger for it. I was pretty just that, that someone could be so reckless and not care at all and just, you know, take a dream away from somebody because of that. Was it a hit and run kind of thing or what? No, it was not a hit and run. She, almost though. Um, she stopped and then um, got out of the car, but never came up to see if I was okay. Got back in the car when she saw that I was quote unquote alive and turned the car on and the witnesses stopped her. Wow. Cause she was going to take off. Huh. Um, Oh, the you're not police, dead? Okay, cool. I'm good yeah, to see you. Wow. The, pol the police wrote her a ticket for like driving too close or something. And she was like, I'm getting a ticket. And the policeman was like, yeah, you just hit a human. I wish I could give you more of a ticket. <laughs> wow. So. Um, what, a, what a not nice. Yeah. Put it, yeah. Put it lightly. Jeez. She was more upset that I broke her window. Like when I. She hit yeah, how about you didn't kill someone, lady? That exactly. Wow. Exactly. Goodness so um, I got cleared to start running again in September. And in November, I towed the line for Arizona and ended up winning the race, winning my age group. Good for you. And uh, falling from Kona. And that's kind of how it all started. <laughs> wow. So your first, wow. So your first time through. So that, so that led to going to Kona and that was 2017. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. So what was it like? So after, so you you get off the bike or whatever, what, what you remember like what place you were in off the bike or, or what? Uh, at, at Arizona. Yes, ma'am. Oh, I don't remember. Um, I think I was in like fifth Okay. and I ran in myself into first. Um, I just remember, honestly, I didn't even know that I had call. Well, I knew I had qualified. I didn't really even care that I had won. I was just like, I remember being in the middle of the run and like kind of doing like looking at my watch and going, holy shit, like, is this right? Like, I'm <laughs> doing something wrong and started doing some math in my head. And I was like, oh, my God, if I if I do this, I'm going to go under 11 hours because my, my goal was like an 11 hour. I thought that would be cool for my first, you know, full. Right. <laughs> and I thought that was doable. Um, you know, I had only started running. <coughs> excuse me i had only started running again a couple months before that right. um and uh, so i was doing some math in my head and i finally ran up against my ran across my husband and i, I yelled him out it's like is this right like I, I can't i'm tired like am i doing the math right here and he he started like recalculating he basically said yeah if you keep this pace you're gonna do a, a 10 15 wow and i did a 10 15 
And Good I remember, for you. like, not that long after I, I ran past my mom, and I, I started screaming, like, I'm going sub 11, I'm going sub 11. And she was like, What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> and I got done with the race, and I didn't even care that I had won. I just thought it was so freaking cool that I ran a 10 15. Wow. I was like, Did you see my time? And everyone's like, Kayla, you won the race. And I was like, But did you see my time? <laughs> <laughs> Irrelevant. Did you see my time? Yeah. 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 So. That's awesome. So yeah. what did, what kind of, what, what was your pace in the, or sorry, what was your uh, marathon time? What did you end up running? I ran a 320. Good for you. Five or 320. I can't okay. remember. That's awesome. Yeah. That's impressive. That's geez. I, I still haven't even like, I mean, I've had so many like uh, GI issues and whatnot. I haven't been able to even run the marathon portion of an Ironman. So, but that's impressive though. So good for you, Kayla. So you, <laughs> your first time. So did it ever hit you? Like after you qualified, you're like, dude, I'm going to Kona. Like, did you ever like after a while, did it kind of like, oh, wow, this is actually pretty cool. Or were you still kind of just like taught up, caught up at the time or what? Um, no, it was pretty uh, afterwards. It was actually kind of a tough decision for me to take the qualification spot. Oh, really? Because I had uh, promised that we would start having, trying to have a baby back then. Um, and I felt like I had put everything on hold, like made everybody else put everything on hold. Everybody was disappointed in me because I wanted to go to this race and I didn't want to have to have a kid and that that was like not okay. And you know, that I shouldn't put my, I shouldn't put having a baby on hold for my dreams and all those things. And so it was actually a really tough decision. Oh wow! Um, and I didn't make it until literally the last second. In fact, I had told the girl who took the girl who took third, had come up to me and said, Hey, are you going to take your slot? And I actually told her, no, I said, I wasn't going to take it. And then, um, so that she, she's like, should I stay, stick around? And then like 10 minutes later, Brandon was like, you, you have to take this. You have to take this slot. Um, it's a once in a lifetime. You never know. It could be a once in a lifetime opportunity. Like not everybody gets a chance to go to Kona multiple right. times. Um, yeah. I'm lucky enough to do that. But um, at the time I didn't know that. And so he said, you have to take the slot. And so I had to go back up to her and say, hey, I'm really sorry, but I am going to take the slot. Oh, wow. How did she respond so, to that? She, I mean, she totally got it. She understood. Right. Um, so That was nice. Jeez. Yeah. Better, better than her being like, what are you talking about? You're going to take your slot. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, so you end up getting to Kona and you race it, um, which again, like we said, you know, it's a, the Super Bowl of the sport and whatnot. Did you have any expectations going in or were you just going to like, you know, just to enjoy the day or what? Like, what were you thinking? So that actually was one of the things that um, I ended up having almost too much expectation because I really wanted to go out there and prove that I deserved to be out there. Mm. and uh, and so I put a lot of pressure on myself for that race um, in fact probably too much pressure um, because of that because I felt like I needed to prove that I really did deserve to be out there and that my race wasn't a fluke really just some like oh hey she just kind of threw down some random ass race and um, I had so I had a lot of pressure on myself to do that and then I ended up getting really really sick the week of Kona um, that year right. and having one of the worst races of my life um one of the hardest races of my life um i i mean i'm a i'm a 315 marathoner you know or faster and i did a four-hour marathon i was never run 11 minute miles in my life and i was running 11 minute miles and i've never wanted to quit so badly in my life and i wanted to quit right. and i was just so upset i was frustrated i 
was miserable and I thought I was disappointing everybody. And it wasn't even necessarily that I was, that it was, it was a bad race. Like that's not why I was really upset, but I just felt like I was disappointing people. I was disappointing my coach who worked really hard for me. I was disappointing my, my family who wanted a grandkid and they didn't want to, you know, and, uh, you know, disappointing my husband who you know wanted to have a baby, but I had made him put it on hold and just all these things. I just felt like I was really disappointing everybody instead of actually going for, you know, getting doing well like like I felt like I had to do well because I chose this over other things right. and I wasn't doing well and I ended up seeing Brandon out he ended up out in the energy lab and I didn't see end up seeing him there and um you know told him these things and he was like Kayla you got to get over that like nobody right. is disappointed in you and there isn't a single person out here who's disappointed in you in fact they think what you're doing is freaking awesome yeah. um so you know basically strap on a pair and get over it not quite but that's what he meant hey. <laughs> um and so i i did and i ended up finishing really strong um, you know not my best day but i learned a lot about myself that day and you got to have bad races and you got to have bad days because that's when you learn about yourself and that just continued to fuel the fire and remind me that you have to you know you are going to have bad days and you are going to have failures and it's just part of life and it's part of the journey and that's okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. The key right. is that you learn from it and you change, you know, you make, you change from that. And I didn't make sure I'm not going to get sick before I race again. And <laughs> <laughs> so I think one thing that, that you said that I was just thinking, I'm, which I'm grateful that Brandon reminds you of that. You're like, you know, I feel like I'm disappointing everyone. I, I'm thinking to myself, you mentioned like talking about disappointing your coach and such, disappointing, you know, Brandon for not having, you know, putting, you know, certain things on hold and such. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, how would you be disappointing them? You're doing something that, but I'm grateful that you had that realization as well from his perspective as well. It's like, dude, you're doing something so amazing right now. But it's funny how our brains sing sometimes of how, you know, like, oh, I did this didn't turn out how I wanted it to turn out. Therefore it means this. It's like, no, dude, it's like, come on, you got to give yourself credit for where you're at. Are you having not the greatest of days? Sure. But at the same as yep. look how freaking far you've come as well, you know, and look exactly. what you're doing, look what you're accomplishing. And so you can't be so focused on the future and so focused on, you know, tomorrow that you forget to joy, enjoy the moment that you're in, you know, and run the race that you're in. Well, and not even necessarily that, but just get me not so focused on the outcome. I think a lot right. of times, and that's right. something even as a coach that I really notice um, with a lot of athletes is that we get really caught up in what we want the outcome right. to be. And we stop focusing on where we're at and what we're doing and being present in the moment and focusing on the journey. And if you can let go of the outcome, you know, keep it in the back of my mind. We always want to have a, a goal. You want to have a dream. You want to have a desire. You want to have a want. But if you make that your number one focal point, you're, you're, you're probably going to not get it. You're going to not necessarily fail, but you're going to put so much pressure on yourself that you are going to fail. Mm. Where if you take that goal and you just keep it in the back of your mind and you focus on the little pieces that are required to get to that goal, then the outcome is going to show up. And by focusing on those little pieces, you're staying present in what you're doing. You know, it's one of those where, you know, it's like when people – are in the middle of, you know, they're on mile 20 of the bike and they're having a rough day and all they're thinking about is how they're going to feel at mile 22 of the, of the, uh, marathon and the run. And it's like, well, you still, you still got over, you got over 80 miles to go on the bike, like get right. through the bike first, but you know, right. focus on that first. 
instead of focusing on something that is hours and hours away from now. Because right. if you, you know, then you're, so I think that was, you know, something for me that I really realized from that race as well as I was focusing so much on an outcome that I wanted that I lost myself in it and, you know, started, got way too consumed with it versus sitting there and focusing on, okay, uh, I, you know, I had a pretty good swim and I had a good bike and then this and this, and just focusing on the present, the same right. present and focus on what you're doing at that moment versus what your outcome is. Right. No, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. That way you, you, that way you enjoy it and you're not enjoying yourself. If you just consistently like, Oh, like you said, Oh, I'm at mile 20. I'm not, I'm not hitting this or I'm not doing that. It's like, dude, come on, focus on where exactly. you're at. Have fun with it. You, Cause like you said, it's a long day out there, you know, but that, that, <clears throat> that kind of transcends that just going into life in general, you know, just because your life might not be going how you want it to right now. Oh, and, and you know, you're, let's just say you're like 20 something years old. It's like, dude, you got your whole life ahead of you, you know? And like, the greatest part about it is, is it's like, if you don't like where you're at now, well, keep your head up, keep moving forward. It's more often than not going to change and it's more often than not going to have a better outcome, but you just have to keep going forward. You know, you can't just, you know, squat, you know, swap, you know, just you know, be, be, throw a pity party and be like, ah, oh, it's not working out. I'm not going to do anything. Well, dude, come on. You got to keep moving forward. You got to keep learning the lesson and keep going. Exactly. If you focus so much on where you want to be, then you stop, you lose track of what you need to do to get there. And you have right. to focus on the little things that it takes to get there. You right. check off those daily things and one, you're going to feel very confident in yourself because you're constantly checking off something that's going right. And you're right. constantly making, you know, you're making progress. Humans like to make progress. Um, and you check off those little daily action items then you're, that you're staying fo focused on and present with. Eventually you will make that change and you will get to that goal. And you will feel a lot better about yourself because you'll feel like you've made progress the whole time versus just all of a sudden arriving there. Absolutely. So before I before I get trans, uh, I want to transition to something else. Before I do, um, you know, basing it on the fact that you are you know an elite age group athlete right now, and you're doing incredible things. You've already come back to Kona a second time and had an incredible race. What do you think separates people? whether it's in an athlete or business, whatever, what do you, what do you think separates people from those people that are just mediocre from those people that are elite at what they do? Commitment. You have to be committed day in and day out. More often than not, people are not committed to being consistent. They want fast results. You can't get fast results. You have to be very, you have to be committed to the daily grind. You know, the fact that, the 4 a.m. wake-up calls, if that's what you have to do. You have to be committed to, you know, day in and day out doing the work, focusing on your sleep, focusing on your recovery, focusing on your nutrition, or, you know, same with, same with business. It's the same, no different than that. You have to be focused on the daily things and be committed to staying consistent. Consistency is king. The more consistent you can be, you'll never get anywhere if you just pop in and out trying things here and there. You have to be consistent with it. And so yeah, those that are elite, they are committed, 100% committed to do whatever it takes to get themselves there. And oftentimes the people that are mediocre, they feel like they're never reaching their goal. If you take a look back, you look back and it's like, okay, well, you skipped every swim for three weeks straight and you cut all of your bike workouts short by 15 minutes and okay, you did a run here and there, or you were consistent for two weeks and then you met, missed everything for a whole week and you know, you didn't commit to sleeping, you know, as you, you look back and you say, okay, this is why you're not hitting your goals because you're not being 
committed to the consistency. Right. You know, being elite is not necessarily glamorous. It's in fact oftentimes not glamorous because it's very there's a lot of grinding involved with it and you have to be willing to commit to the grind. You have to love the grind too. Right. There's a friend of mine, uh do you know Kimberly Von During by chance? I feel like I know the name. She's a uh, she's a, an athlete just like yourself. She's been to Kona as well, same kind of thing. Um, but she so she told me a while back. She goes consistency over sexiness is what she mentioned to me before, and I'm like, you know, it's so true. It's like you gotta be it's committed, so committed. You know, just show up consistently. It's not gonna look sexy. You know, it's not gonna be all attractive how you want it to be, but it eventually will be just as a result of you learning more things, showing up on a consistent basis, and like you said, commitment, and that's the main part of it. So. And being okay with sucking sometimes. I mean, sometimes yep. it's going to suck. There's <laughs> yeah. going to be days that, and, you know, saying, okay, that's just a day. I'm going to get over it and I'm going to move on. I'm going to, like, you know, I like to say, I like to say, get over myself and move right. on with it and try again tomorrow because tomorrow's a new day. And right. I learned something from that. I still got it done. I did what I could. Um, and I'm going to turn around. And I'm going to make tomorrow great. Right. Well, so, yeah. Commit, commitment and consistency is king. If you're willing nope. to do that, then you'll you'll take yourself somewhere. Hey, preach that good word. It, kind of going off of what you said just briefly, what why do you think it's so important to not take yourself so seriously then? Um, I don't necessarily know if it's not important to take yourself seriously because I do think you really need to believe in yourself, sure. and that is taking yourself seriously. Um, but it's more. More so, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm saying it differently. Like, why do you think it's more so t not not take yourself so seriously in the fact that where you're okay with screwing up, you're okay with you know, like it's sucking at first, and you're okay with like looking foolish at first in order to get to where you want to be? I should say. Because it's, it's just that I mean, because that's part of the journey. I mean, everybody starts somewhere. I mean, right. if you look, if you look back, I mean, as we are, you know, <laughs> raising our little baby here, he's learning to. You, you start somewhere. You, got, you start to even try to figure out what your hands are. He's learning how to figure out what his hands are by sticking them in his mouth. Like, that's where we all start. Right. Sticking our hands in our mouth. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> there is nothing graceful about that. Right. Um, and so we have to start somewhere. Nobody, there isn't a single person out there that hops into something and is magical at it to begin with. Hmm. And... So I think it's not even necessarily that not taking yourself seriously, but just knowing that you're starting somewhere and that everybody has started somewhere. Right. I mean, none of us look good when we first get started. I mean, I look right. like a dead fish out of water when I was trying to learn how to swim. I still do, in fact. Um, <laughs> but it's more taking the journey seriously mm. and letting the journey be your guide. Right. Versus being so caught up in being perfect right. that you lose yourself in it. Right. No, for sure. And that, that's that's more so I was referring to. It's like you gotta you gotta know that you are gonna mess up. You gotta know you are gonna look foolish. It's like, dude, just keep showing up, you know? And you're gonna eventually get the, it's gonna you're eventually gonna get it, but you gotta allow yourself the uh, the grace to look like a goof goofball at first, you know, and then just keep going keep going forward. Yeah, there's no oh. such thing as perfectionism, and I like to preach that. I mean, everybody has this idea that we want to be perfect, and there is no such thing as perfectionism. Because if you reach perfectionism, then you're, where are you? There's no you're other useless. place to go, right? Because there's no. no other place to go. Right. So you're not going to continue to grow. 
and the whole point of everything in life is to continue to grow and to continue to learn and to continue to adapt and evolve. So you're never going to hit perfect. So stop focusing on it and just right. focus on those pieces that, you know, human nature is meant to do. Right. It's progress over perfection. That's it. That's <coughs> you know? Exactly. Absolutely. So going off of your triathlon career, you've also started something really awesome um, with your coaching company. Uh, is doing even more than that, uh, but it's uh, where your feet take you. And uh, you might, if you wouldn't mind just like elaborating, like what is that all about? Where'd that name come from? And what are you doing now with your platform uh, to help other people achieve their goals? Yeah, so where your feet take you actually started just as a blog where I was just going to document my journey. And that's all. It was nothing special. Um, I actually thought of the name because I was um, running in the snow one year and I all I, it was like super early in the morning. Um, I think it was like a, like a 4.30 a.m. run. Um, and I just remember being able to see my footsteps in the snow and thinking, wow, like my feet do some pretty freaking cool things. Like they take me on some cool thing. And especially if I look back over my life, like growing up, they've taken me on backpacking adventures and biking adventures and ski adventures. And now they're, you know, they've, through running, I, you know, brought myself out of an eating disorder and I saved myself from, you know, falling back into that after getting my heart broken and just my feet have taken me on some really cool th things. And so just kind of said, you know, where your feet take you, you know, they take you on a really cool journey. Um, to, and for me, it was that journey of finding passion, faith and strength in myself um, again. And so that's kind of where, where your feet take you came from. And then over the years, it just kind of evolved as I learned and grew more throughout the sport of triathlon and endurance and everything um, kind of just evolved into a, more of an informational type blog than just sharing my own journey. Um, and then uh, one year I just finally decided, you know, I had always wanted to coach. I had always wanted to do something like that. Um, even back in uh, high school, my mom and I were in the car one day and we're talking about like, Oh, what do you want to be doing with your life? And I wanted well, one, I want, I've always wanted to start my own business. Both my parents ran their own businesses. Um, my mom started her own business. My dad started his own business. Um, and so I always wanted, you know, to follow in their footsteps and run my own business. And I had, you know, back then it was like, oh, some sort of health club type thing. Um, and, you know, with physical therapy and coaching and athletic training and you, you just, this whole thing. And so finally... I kind of got to this point where I said, you know, I don't really like the job that I'm in. Um, it was really high stress and I hated it. Um, and so I went to to Brandon and I said, I, I'm going to start, I'm going to launch a coaching business. I'm just going to do it. We're in a really good spot financially where we can afford where if this blows up, it blows up and we'd be okay. Um, I'm going to go for it. And so I kind of just dove in head first and it's amazing where it's taken off. Um, it's you know, it evolved from me just kind of launching it and, and it's going to be, uh, the official business will be two years old now. And I coach over 30 athletes Good and this year I launched a mindset program as well that I'm really hoping takes off because I love it. I almost, I love coaching, but I almost even love this more. Um, and so it's basically just, I call it a mindset program, but really it's even more than that. Like you could call it life coaching if that's what you wanted, but it's this right. concept of, you know, 
working through your roadblocks to help kind of reignite that passion that maybe it is that you're missing. And so the, the clients that I've worked with, like a couple of them, honestly, started out where they got into because they thought they wanted to talk about their triathlon roadblocks. We spend more time talking about their business roadblocks um, and working through those and that kind of the mindset you have to have in order to, you know, be strong within your job and to stand up for yourself. Um, right. And so, yeah, it's kind of morphing into a little bit of both. So um, I, love, I it. love it. I absolutely, it's, it's what I was meant to be doing. Um, so. That's incredible. Whenever you find that, whenever you find that, uh, I was listening to another podcast recently and the guy said, whenever you find what you're supposed to be doing, it's going to demand a lot more from you, but it's also going to be a lot more fulfilling as well. Like you're going to just come alive whenever you're doing it. It's like hearing you talk about it. That's exactly what, that's exactly what it's doing. So that's amazing. Good for you. That's incredible. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. It does. It definitely demands a lot more. Um, then you're just your normal nine to five job that sometimes does demand a lot. You know, I, I work a lot and I, right. it looks glam- glamorous. I mean, I'm here in Cancun on a, on a vacation, but I've worked all vacation, you know, right. so it's just one of those balances. Right. But. For sure. What's been, what's been one of the most uh, fulfilling points of you being a coach? I mean, you mentioned coaching over 30 athletes now, like what's been one of the most fulfilling parts about that for you? Um, I've seen some of the people that came to me with a lot of lack of confidence in themselves and they didn't actually believe that they could do it. And then seeing them believe that they can do it. Um, I think that's the biggest piece for me. And that's one of my biggest parts of my platform is that, you know, I believe that anybody can do it if you want to, and if you work hard enough at it and to see some of these athletes come alive through triathlon and refine that passion in themselves and that strength in themselves that maybe that they have been missing for a while. Um, and helping just helping that, helping them to ignite that again has probably been the best piece. And we've had, you know, as we've had some great successes. I've had a couple of world championship qualifiers, um, that I've really? worked, you know, I've worked them through. I had a guy qualify for Kona last year. I had two 70.3 world championship qualifiers and those are awesome because those are big goals that have hit. But through a lot of that, what I got, we got out of that was more than just, Hey, a world championship qualification. It was a a belief in themselves that they could do something that they didn't think was possible. Right. And that to me is even bigger than, you know, anything. And that's going to transcend triathlon too. It's going to affect every area in their life as well. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Exactly. Well, good for you. So, so launching the mindset course and launch, launching that along with what you're already doing. What, so what's next for you when it comes to that? Do you have any ideas or just kind of getting into this or what? No, I'd like to take that mindset program a little bit further. Um, you know, maybe have that evolve. Um, so that's kind of my next piece is just between those two. Um, continuing with tra- the growth of the triathlon program um, and then growing that mindset program. You know, whether you want to call it mindset or you want to call it life coaching or you want to call it just plowing through some roadblocks, you know, mental roadblocks. Um I want to kind of see that grow and maybe take that right now. It's just a four week program. Um, but I'm eventually hoping that, you know, if it starts to go well and I, I pick up some more clients and, you know, as I grow through it, maybe it'll grow into be, you know, Hey, here's an eight week program, a four week, you know, a 12 week program, you know, or even, Hey, if you want a year long program where we meet once every other week and we talk and work through these things on a constant basis. So, um, that's kind of where I hope it grows to, but who knows. I find it awesome just like thinking about your story right now, how, you know, back in 20, I guess it'd be 2013 now, how, you know, there was this, this woman who was struggling with like believing in herself, struggling with, you know, relationships, struggling with just being angry in life and such. 
and here's this huge this transformation over the years so like what wh- why do you think i guess looking back on that what um how how much of an emphasis would you put for people just be committed to having patience in their life like realizing that you know what dude it doesn't it doesn't it's not always going to be this way provided that you do something to get yourself out of what you're doing right now oh a ton patience is everything um you have to be willing to put the work in um but you have to be have to be willing to be patient with the work um things don't just come to you so you can't just uh, be like oh i'm just gonna be patient and eventually it'll show up um you have to be willing to work for it but you also have to be willing to be patient for the work that you're doing and know that eventually it will come um and if you're again it comes back to that commitment those that are committed to the daily grind and being committed to never giving up on themselves they'll get what they want eventually right did you ever think did you ever imagine yourself being in a position that you're in today no i didn't no Mm -mm. as but it wouldn't have come if I hadn't been willing to step outside my comfort zone. Right. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. There was, um, what was it? There was a quote that I had heard a while back from uh, Joel Marion on the podcast born impact. And he was talking about how, you know, there's no difference between the 99% and the 1%. The only different really real difference is that the, the 1% <laughs> chose to look past our limitations and take action anyway. You know, yes, and it's, 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 exactly. just keep showing up. And I'm like, that's so true. Like regardless so of what true. area, regardless of what area it is, whether it's business, financial, spiritual, relationally, relationally, whatever. It's like, man, if you're willing to look past that limitation, be willing to pay the price it's going to take in order for you to get there. My goodness. Like the, the, you know, the world is your mat is your canvas. You know, you make paint mm-hmm. whatever you want, you know, and it's a, exactly. an amazing process. It's going to suck, but you know what, dude, it's going to be incredibly rewarding as well. And this in the same effect. So that's incredible. So I know, are you training for anything right now as well? I know you're coming off of uh, just, you know, 10 weeks postpartum essentially. Um, yeah. Well, scholar and whatnot. Are you training for anything right now or what's next for you as far as uh, racing is concerned? Yeah, so I am racing this year, racing quite a bit. I have some pretty big goals for the year. Um, I currently um, am racing at uh, Texas 70.3 is my first one coming up. Oh, you're so, there too. Heck yeah. Yeah, dude. yeah. I'll be there. Um, and I am racing an Ironman, but I'm not sharing what it is yet. Kind of keeping it under my, just because, just because. Um, no sure. real reason. Not really sure why. Just damn. Um, but I am launching the 2020 season in uh, Texas, so I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited to be back racing. Uh, that was really tough for me when I did get pregnant was having to really adjust my goals for the year sure. um, and know that I wasn't going to get to race the way I wanted to race uh, for the season. And um, I still had a really good season, surprisingly, even though I was pregnant the whole time uh, in 2019. Um, you know, I still raced, I raced up until I was 20 weeks and, um, had really good results for being pregnant. Um, but it wasn't the same. And so I'm really excited to see, you know, what I can do with myself this year. Training has been going really well. Um, everything seems to be coming back. Um, I still have some, a lot of work to do, but everything does seem to be coming back. So that's incredible. I think, I think it was after 70.3 Texas, 
um, that, uh, I remember, I think I was in my hotel room or something like that, or I was talking to you or I forget when it was, but you were like, yeah, by the way, uh, don't tell anyone yet, but we, um, I'm pregnant actually. Oh yeah. <laughs> some, week, some weeks pregnant. I'm like, really? And I said, you're going to race. You go, yeah, man. So <laughs> yeah, I was a nine, a nine weeks pregnant at Texas. <laughs> that's it. You, did you end up winning your age group or did I know you uh, ended I took up, second. That's second it. I know you're on the podium. Group. That's right. Yeah. So I, I, I ended up racing. See, I raced at nine weeks pregnant, 12 weeks pregnant, 14 weeks pregnant and 20 weeks pregnant. Wow. How, how long is the entire process? I, I, I'm not like, what's Tec the, uh, technically 10 months. 10 months um, okay. but in reality it's a full year. I mean, if you really sit down and think about the whole process, like it takes time and effort right. to get pregnant and then you spend nine to 10 months being pregnant and then right. you have to recover from that. Right. And depending on what type of pregnancy you had or what time of type of labor that you had, like, that recovery can be anywhere from, you know, four to 12 weeks, you know, so, and, or longer depending, you know, so right. it's a very long process. That's awesome. Well, before we, uh, before we get to wrapping this up, what's, um, what, just out of curiosity, what's been one of the things that you're most, what, so there's been a lot of amazing things that you've accomplished in your life, obviously, both business, business wise, relationship wise, you know, whatever, um, athletically wise as well. What's been one of the hardest things that you've had to overcome in your life so far? Being pregnant. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, surprisingly, it was really hard for me. Um, I really struggled with it. Um, and it, it was one of those where I had an EMS. I had a very easy, I had an easy pregnancy um, in reality. Um, but I had a very hard pregnancy emotionally and mentally. Um, and that's something that is really was a little bit tough for me. was that, um, a lot of times there's this stigma out there that if you have an easy pregnancy, then you shouldn't feel, you shouldn't feel bad. You shouldn't feel guilty. You shouldn't have, you shouldn't struggle. Um, you should just love your baby unconditionally. And that's not the case. Pregnancy is freaking hard. It's mentally and emotionally exhausting. Right. And that is something that you're allowed to just because a pregnancy might be physically fairly easy i mean i still had my physical challenges with it i had you know especially near the end um but just because i had an easy pregnancy doesn't mean that it was an easy pregnancy um right. it was very mentally and emotionally challenging for me for a lot of reasons and being able to get myself through that and continue to chase my dreams and continue to share with the world and also the other piece is really hard is allowing myself to share with the world and ignoring the judgment and the criticism that I received for a lot of my choices while I was pregnant um, mm. and still being willing to share them and get it out there and to speak it and to be open and honest about it, no matter what, um, was very challenging um, because it sometimes received a lot of criticism. And, but I wanted to, be very open and honest with it and share it. Um, and then, um, share, you know, the whole, cause there's more to it than just, Oh, you have morning sickness or, Oh, your pregnancy was hard physically, or it was easy physically. There's a lot more to it. And I wanted to share the whole story. Um, and that actually was very challenging and hard to do. Um, and as someone who, 
didn't really want to have kids to begin with. Um, being pregnant really? was very hard. Um, wasn't that I didn't want to. It was just that if we had chosen not to, I would have been okay. Um, right. I didn't have any maternal instincts at all. I was never someone who wanted, really cared about babies. I had never held a baby in my life. I'd never changed a diaper. I just didn't care. Um, <laughs> babies weren't, didn't do anything for me. I wasn't, you know, wasn't the girl that walked around seeing a baby and being like, oh, my uterus just skipped a beat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like that was not me um my uterus just skipped the beat yeah, what a quote yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> and uh, so feeling that way it was very challenging during the entire time because i had very little connection with the baby and that is actually something i still struggle with you know because i feel like i have to make up for that and which is not i shouldn't have to feel that way i shouldn't feel that way um and so the whole kind of journey and evolution through it um, <coughs> was one of the harder things I've done. Um, right. Not wow. necessarily from a physical standpoint at all, um, right. but from a mental and emotional standpoint. What are some things that you've noticed that have helped you like become stronger than that? Like to help you like, you know, kind of gain that maternal kind of um, instinct or whatever have you that's helped you basically become better through this, through that process. What do you think? What do you think some things that you've been able to do? Um, well, honestly, I'm surprised at myself. I really didn't think I had any maternal instincts. <laughs> um, and turns out I'm actually a fairly good at being a mom. <laughs> <laughs> Funny how that works, um, huh? Um, but what it really came down to was once again, just really standing up for my beliefs and standing up for me. And mm. this is my journey, no one else's journey. And if you don't agree with it, then get out of it. Like, right. I don't, you know, so that has been and i still feel that way you know i wanted to continue to chase my genes i wanted to race while i was pregnant and whatever anybody was unless my doctor had told me i'd been high risk and you shouldn't race and i wasn't you know i was not an idiot i wasn't going to be stupid right. um but <clears throat> that is probably the number of things just really sticking to my guns and believing in me and saying this is my journey and this is how i want to take it this is what i know and this is i know me and i know me better than anybody else and I'm just going to continue to believe in that no matter what. And it made it a lot easier and it allowed me to stick up for myself and to continue to stand up for myself. And it gave me some grounding. That's awesome. seems like there's been several, like several instances in your life whenever you've done certain things that have helped you just like believe in yourself more and like, you know, stand up for yourself even more. And like, I'm sure there's going to be even more situations in your life going forward that are going to help you with that. But you're building that foundation as well, which is incredible. So that's, that's amazing. I'm sure like the moment, I'm sure you'd be able to look back now uh, on the moment <laughs> where seven years ago, you'd be like, wow, like, like how far I've come, you know, <laughs> probably oh, sometimes, yeah. sometimes exactly. you laugh as well. Like, gosh, I used to struggle with that. What, you know, exactly, so, exactly. That's all. It's all about the process. And it's all about the journey provided you just keep moving forward. You're going to literally, you're going to, you should look back. Honestly, I mean, you should look, look back and, and laugh at yourself later on in life as well, because of how far you, you have come, you know, how, how many obstacles you've overcome, how, you know, your mentality has changed and like all this kind of jazz you should, if you're not, you're kind of doing something wrong because you shouldn't, if you're not, you know, constantly growing and then you're moving, actually moving backwards. And so exactly. And, you know, plus it gives you some great story to tell as well. Like, Hey, look at, look at where I used to go. Look at where I used to be. But it also gives yep. you, gives you the ability to relate to other people, especially, I mean, you just like in today, you've allowed yourself to share your story and be vulnerable in that aspect. But like, dude, the more vulnerable you are, 
um, within reason. I mean, the more vulnerable you are, the more strength it really portrays as well, you know, and like people have this, I think there's a false reality that people think like, you know, if I'm vulnerable about this, I'm going to get attacked or people are going to think I'm a wuss. Like, no, dude, like the more you share your story, everyone's human, right? We all mm-hmm. go through things. Um, and provided you keep learning and moving forward, I mean, my goodness, you're going to, you're going to shock yourself at how far you've come, the more you keep going. Exactly. Absolutely. Well, hey, um, I know we, I feel like we could keep talking for a while. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Talk forever. <laughs> Absolutely. Before I, uh, I'm going to ask you, before I ask you the two questions that we ask every guest in the qualify, I want to take a moment to acknowledge you, Kayla. Um, there was several things that I even, you know, learned myself about you today um, that were really amazing. And I just want to commend you for being committed to the process, being committed to consistently growing yourself and also sticking up for yourself. I mean, that's, uh, that's, uh, it's easy. It's easier said than done oftentimes to be like, Hey, you know, why aren't you sticking up for yourself? Why aren't you But like the fact that you are doing that, the fact that you, you know, are disconnected from other things that were not productive in your life before the fact that you gone out and, you know, did, did triathlon and I probably didn't realize it at the time, but it was going to be such a transformative area of your life. That's led you into doing all these amazing things that you're doing right now. So now empowering other people to do the same thing in their life that you've done several years ago is really commendable. And then also sharing your story with your pregnancy and all the things that, you know, came from that. And it's just like, your story is really inspiring. And I just want to commend you for that to keep moving forward. And I'm elated to see like what the next seven years of your life unfolds. And like, as you keep moving forward and, you know, do your next race and, you know, wh- whichever Ironman you're doing next and you qualify for that one too, you know, it's like, yeah. it's going to be, it's going to be amazing. I think it's going to be really Thanks. incredible how you continue to shock yourself and just like, you know what? Hey, I am pretty, I am, I am a badass, you know, and you yeah, keep- I am a badass. Yeah, you know. Sometimes you you gotta tell yourself that. Exactly, exactly. So I just want to commend you for all these things. Like you're you're raising the level. You're you're welcome. You're raising the levels for yourself, but also for everyone around you. Because there's a quote that I love that I think you'll you'll like as well. It says, um, "As you become better, the world around you becomes better as well." You know, and so. I think it just transcends everything. So that's when I commend you for that. Just keep moving forward. And I'm elated for the future ahead for you. So it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's exciting. It's a lot of fun. So absolutely. All right, man. So first question that we ask every guest on the qualified first one is how does someone chase their potential to become the person they were created to become? By not being afraid to take chances and change directions when just change directions because I mean my husband and I even talk about it often um there's so many times where we thought our path was going to go one direction and six months later it went a completely different direction and it usually goes that different direction for the better um and so not being afraid to change directions and just not getting so stuck in saying okay well I thought this was the path I had to take so I have to continue to take it um sometimes changing directions is good um and so not being afraid to do it Usually that means you have to step outside of your comfort zone a little bit, but um, yeah, don't be afraid to do it. You never grow if you don't step out of your comfort zone, that is for sure. Final question, what is living a life that makes a positive impact look like for you? Um, kind of what I'm trying to do. It's one, you know, for me, it's now revolving to like being – you know, for a while, I was just always just sharing my journey and helping inspire others to chase their passion, faith, and strengthen themselves. But I think for me, it's now has evolved just in these last 10 weeks to um, being the best that I can be and continuing to chase my dreams so that I can share those with my with Skylar and 
help teach him to be the best person that he can be, to be kind, to be strong, to be good, to be considerate and passionate and believe in himself. Um, and the more that I can share with him those pieces, then the more I feel like my life will be what it is meant to be. Um, he's definitely kind of become that center for me. And I feel like that's where everything that I do will now be centered around and be a way that I can, you know, continue to, the more that I continue to do good for him, the more that I continue to do good for other people. I love it. Absolutely. And agree. Great advice on both. So Kayla, where can uh, people that want to connect with you, where can they find you online on social media? How can they find about your coaching and things of that nature? Yeah. So the best place to find me is on Instagram. That's where I'm the most active. Um, and it's, uh, where if he take you with underscores, but if you were to type in where if he take you or to type in Kayla Bowker, I would pop up. Um, you can also find me, um, on my website. I have, a, um, that's where you can find out all about my coaching or you can just ask ask me via Instagram. Um, but it's where if you take you.com, I have a blog and an email uh, list that comes out um, almost weekly, unless I'm on vacation, <laughs> and then it doesn't. Um, and um, I do have a free Facebook community um, for people called where if you take you community where I post um, informational pieces, you know, I'll post blog posts, things that I have found. Um, sometimes I'll pop on and do live sessions. Um, I'll um, put up videos um, that I have created. Um, and so that just it's kind of a free community space where um, just for educational purposes, you know, triathlon related. It's mostly triathlon related, but there are a lot of mindset pieces as well. So um, that's called Where You Can Take Your Community. Um, that's a really cool space. Um, I often sometimes will put discounts on there um, for, you know, my programs or just things, other things like that. So um, those are kind of the three main places to find me. But Instagram is my number one. That's where you'll find, most, find me most of the time. Um, it's one of the fastest ways to reach me sometimes even. Um, so I like it. Well, right on. Well, Kayla, this has been an absolute treat and thank you so much for all the value that you've added today. Um, I, this is, this is pretty dang awesome, especially all the mindset stuff and everything else has been really incredible. So thank you so much for your time and uh, yeah, we will chat with me. you soon. It's a lot of fun. Absolutely. Yeah. And hopefully we'll see you in uh, Texas. Dude, I definitely will. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Ryan. And ladies and gentlemen, that is the episode. What did you think, man? Gosh, dude, whenever she was talking about like the first time she got into triathlon in her first race, and then how that led to transitioning into Ironman racing and all the things that, that transpired after that, like her entire story is amazing. There's a lot of things that I learned even, you know, having this conversation with her that I didn't know before. And, but it really is inspiring, man. And one of the things that I loved is whenever I asked the question, like what separates people from, you know, those who are just okay and those who are, you know, extraordinary, world-class. And she said consistency and commitment or more so commitment. And then talked about going into consistency as well. So let's encourage you with that going forward, that whatever you want to do, whatever you aim to accomplish in your life, whether it's this year in 2020 and going or going forward, that you get committed first, get your reasons why you must have, why you must make it happen, and then stay consistent until you see it through, right? Y'all, I hope you encouraged, enjoyed this episode today. If you did, please share it out with a friend. Let someone else know that you enjoyed it. 
And please, I encourage you to subscribe, leave a five-star review and a written review as well. And if you want to get involved even more and you know have something to carry with you on a day-to-day basis that changes lives and feeds families in America, I definitely encourage you to check out Qualified Apparel. Link for that is in the description as well. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Until next time, chase your potential and live a life that makes a positive impact. See you next week.